Two Bowls in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Two Bowls in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to the China Shop. You've made it here. If you've been here before, welcome back. If it's your first time, welcome. I know I'm more excited about the first time listeners. Apologies, listeners coming back. I'm, you know, old hat. You know, you got to spice it up for me. Kyle, I'm Shopkeeper Dan. How are you doing today? (laughs) I'm I'm fine. Um, I I like our our steady core. I, I'm a steady Eddie kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not a fan of change. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just All kidding. Right. I do like change too. All right. We love everybody here. Yeah. I'm, we're just playing around. Equally. We have no favorites. Right. Big boobs, little boobs. I love you all. <laughs> Call our listeners boobs. Oh, I was referring to tits and breasts, Kyle. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Should we talk about actual news? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Let's talk about some news. Because <laughs> that's not news. We're just skitty tools trading information. What? Oh, Kyle, I think you got the big, uh, big story to lead off with. Should we lead off with that one or the SEC one? I think the SEC one segues nicely into mine. Oh, oh, you want me to talk first? I think you should talk first. Okay, well... SEC Chairman Gary Gensler, sorry, chairperson, uh, is being accused of market manipulation. Now, this is this story is a little hard to parse because there, yeah. there are multiple news outlets reporting on it. But it, it also, when I read through them, looks like it's a bit of an echo chamber where one, one person reported a story and everybody just copied them. Well, there's also multiple allegations, too, like. There's the the petition, and then there's another. I'll let you tell the story because it's your story. But yeah, I was having trouble following it too. Yeah, the a change.org petition w- was started against him to get him to resign. Uh, he's been alleged to have been shorting uh, GameStop and AMC through his holdings in BlackRock, BlackRock and Vanguard. So this may be my brain putting more into it than actually exists, but I believe the idea would then be he wasn't doing enough to stop or punish Citadel securities and the Citadel uh, market maker folks because he was profiting off of what they were doing. It's funny that the change that org petition didn't really seem to mention that I, I pulled up the actual petition and it was just saying that, yeah, he didn't do enough to protect retail investors from the, uh, the, they called it crypto based or crypto focused stocks, which I'm not sure why they did that because GameStop and AMC are not crypto focused. No, they are not. Uh, also, what's the title of the petition on change.org? I thought it said change.org. Oh, fire Gary Gensler. 
as SEC chairman for obstruction of justice. Yeah. So, so there you go. There, yeah. But if he really was shorting these stocks while he was the SEC chair, that kind of is a big deal. Like, why is the SEC chairman allowed to invest or trade individual securities when we're already pissed at Congress for being able to do the same thing? Doesn't he have access to information or the ability to 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 make things happen? Like, hey, I want to. Uh, I, I have a short position on this company. Why don't we open up an investigation? Yeah. Right. There, there should be severe conflicts of interest in in that. Big big time. Big time. Well. Apparently, the, according to tweet from Crypto Law at Crypto Law US, uh, just added to our document library the Gensler files, publicly available records detailing Gary Gensler's current wealth at over a hundred million dollars, and key public calendar entries while SEC chairman. So I guess there is some sort of paper trail uh, you can go check out if you're really that interested. But uh, if there are receipts, you're, you're right. Like if he's shorting things, there's a big conflict there. Right. And trading anything. Well, remember, remember, it's maybe dating us, but it's like, like Babe Ruth, not Babe Ruth, sorry. Oh, what was his name? God damn it. <laughs> I don't remember Babe Ruth. <laughs> Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, Babe yes. Ruth, you know, back in the day, seeing him play was really something. No, uh, Pete Rose <laughs> was famously uh, gambling. Right. Uh, it was fine when he was betting on the Reds, the team he managed. Right. He's like, oh, I bet you my team's going to beat you. And he plays a bet and everybody looked the other way. So I feel like if Gary Gensler's like, oh, I'm going long on the spy, nobody's going to be like, okay, let's arrest him. Right. He wants the spy to go up. But if he's shorting things, as soon as Pete Rose bet against the Reds, everybody's like, all right, now arrest him. Yeah. He, he's got a, yeah, he can make, he can help that team lose. Just like you, you pointed out, Gary Gensler can help a stock go down. Yes. Yes, he can. That actually kind of segues nicely into my story about AMC, who just had their earnings uh, oh. released today. Uh, the stock is not doing very well. And I'm not sure if it's because of the earnings or if it's because of the special dividend that they've uh, decided to issue. Special dividend? Yeah, it's it's really another one of those convoluted things. Like you got, it, it sounds exactly like a stock split, like a two-for-one stock split. Okay. But you're not getting AMC shares. You're getting, um, oh, what was the wording? You are getting AMC preferred equity. Wait, what? Yeah, it's going to be traded as a separate ticker uh, under the ticker symbol APE. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's going to be a one-for-one one dividend. So every share of AMC you have, you get one APE. Uh, as the preferred equity, then this will be this will have the potential to be converted to uh, you know, a common stock, but only if the shareholders vote to approve uh, uh, Adam Aaron's ability to, to issue new stock. Okay. Besides the name preferred equity, which I mean, it isn't all equity preferred. Like, oh, I don't like that profit. I like this profit. <laughs> that money over there—that's that's that's, ugh, that's ugly money. No, so it's not a split. It's 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 so it's just like what Berkshire Hathaway did when they were like, well, we don't want to split our stock, but we want people who don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to buy shares. So we'll make. A second kind of class of share that's cheaper. Maybe uh, that that might be something similar. I think this is all just for his. He's just trying to. He really wants to issue new stock, right? He's been wanting to do that for over a year. Yeah. Uh, shareholders have been, you know, voting against dilution. Mm -hmm. He needs 
some way to be able to raise capital to either pay off debt or to uh, finance mergers and acquisitions. Like he's not, he said he doesn't necessarily want to do it immediately, but he wants to be able to have the ability to do it. So this sounds like just a way to try to, to get his way and placate the shareholders. Mm-hmm. So we'll okay. give you, we'll, we'll, we'll give you this kind of a two for one split, but not really, but it's only going to really mean anything if you vote to approve the issuance of new, new shares. But he, he, he had a really long Twitter thread that was kind of explaining his reasoning for what he was doing. And he was trying to address some of the other issues of the shareholders, like the, the share count. Like everybody on Twitter, all the apes are still demanding a real share count. They seem to think that there's still naked shorting going on and tons and tons and tons of shares out there that are synthetic. Uh, he has stated that he doesn't believe that that's the case. Uh, but because this would be a one for one, anyone who owns the shares, he says that it should serve the purpose of providing that share count for people because you should be able to see how many apes are created and be able to correlate that to how many shares are outstanding. Oh, yeah. But that still, it's, it still has me scratching my head a little bit because if they've got a count to know how many ape shares to issue, right, then they've got a count. Like,. <laughs> <laughs> right, and their count has always matched what you know is actually and the shares outstanding. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I think you're right. I think he's just trying to say whatever he can to get the <laughs> get him to allow him to issue these more shares. He wants to be able to weaponize the the increase in the share price, and that's what a good CEO should do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I do think that for the long term health of the company, like giving him the ability to have ammo to do to finance things, whether that be, like you said, buying down more debt or financing another merger acquisition. If something you know good comes along, like he needs to be able to have that ability. Yeah, no, you, you're right. A CEO should have the whole toolkit mm-hmm. at, at the, in their hands. But we have an interesting position here with AMC being so retail focused. It's almost like the apes have tied his hands in a very real way. Yeah, and this just seems like a clever way on his to try to address some of their concerns, but still be able to get what he wants. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, or I think I mentioned that the stock, the earnings themselves were okay. Uh, I mean, revenue and the revenue and earnings per share are kind of closer to the pre-pandemic levels. They still haven't quite got back to that yet. Um, the stock took a bit of a hit on this report. Whether that's because of the uh, uh, the the ape token or the ape issuance uh, or the actual earnings themselves, or it could have been some of the guidance that he gave uh, looking through the the comments that he made did say that Q3 is going to be rough until some of the bigger name movies start dropping. Uh, but Q4, he did say he was extremely excited for. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this goes. So people on record as of, I think the 19th should be eligible for this preferred dividend yeah and i think it'll be trading on the 22nd i think is what i saw so the the dividend shares right is, is that that's that's an accurate <laughs> we can we can call them that that's a good nickname uh, yeah sure so they're, they're gonna <laughs> trade in, in, independently of yes. the, the other shares so i don't have to have any mc shares right now to buy ape shares yeah, and there's, I mean, there's really no telling what they're actually going to trade at or how the value is going to split between the two of them. <laughs> the open interest of short. <laughs> I would expect that whenever these things actually do start trading, that the total value should add up to, to whatever it was the day before. 
I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if in two months they're saying they're the ape ticker. They're naked shorting it too. They're just doing it in exact balance (laughs) to make everything line up. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll talk about it. It should be interesting. (laughs) It should be interesting. All right. What else you got? Uh, the other one I got uh, is apparently the Bank of England has just done their largest interest rate hike in 27 years. That sounds like it's a massive. How big was it? It was, it was, uh, you know, half a percent. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is their sixth consecutive increase, and uh, it's taken the percentage, the borrowing cost percentage, all the way up to 1.75%. Woo! Oh, wow. yeah. well behind us, aren't they? Yes. What, what's ours at by comparison? The effective rate is 2.3%. Okay. 2.33. So they're behind us. A good half a percent. Uh, quite a bit. But surprise, surprise, they're actually predicting a recession over there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the quarter four of this year, the Bank of England projects that the UK will enter recession. And that it will last for five quarters. Five quarters? Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a, that's a bit longer than average. I think the average is, what, nine months? I, I'm not sure. Um, but I'm wondering now what the, the definition of depression is. Uh, it, well, depends. <laughs> it used oh. to be, what, four, four quarterly uh, GDP uh, numbers that are, that are going are shrinking. Like two was supposed to be a recession, four was supposed to be a depression, I think is what Anthony told us. Well, that would sound like they're they're predicting a depression over there in the UK. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe they have a different definition over there. Well, isn't Anthony in the UK? Wouldn't he be giving <laughs> us? <laughs> he gave us ours. Uh, depressions are often, according to Investopedia, depressions are often identified as recessions lasting longer than three years or resulting in a drop in annual GDP of, of 10%. Uh, okay. So what was the other number then? Recession and then... So that would be what, 12 quarters? Yeah, that's a... Or 10% of the GDP. Big numbers. I hope that doesn't happen. You and me both. Uh, did you have any other stories? Uh, yeah, I had another one. Um, it looked like mortgage rates have been... The headline is a bit misleading. This one kind of... I talked to Sue a little bit about this to get some more clarification, but... It says that mortgage rates have dropped below 5% for the first time since April. But when she pulled up the rates to tell me what they were today, they were like over 6.5%. Oh, wow. So the number, the 30-year the fixed rate mortgage may be averaging 4.99% for the week ending August 4, which was down from 5.3% the week before. Uh, but that's because the lenders are actually buying them down, <laughs> not necessarily because that's what the actual rates are. Uh, she did confirm that rates had dropped for the the second straight week, which the uh, the article did reference. But saying that they're below five percent, like yeah, you're getting that, but that's because lenders are trying to to get that number down to try to get people to be able to, you know, actually be able to buy homes. Right. They're 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 cutting into their own right piece of the pie to entice because <laughs> demand has dwindled. I'm assuming with the higher rates. <laughs> yes, it has. Uh, the real question is going to be whether what this does to inventory, because like the sales of both new homes and new constructions and existing homes have fallen in recent months. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's not really seeing the the increase or the the easing of the actual supply because the people who are putting their houses on the market they've seen that they maybe have missed the peak and have decided uh, yeah, maybe I'll wait to sell. Yeah. Uh, so according to Realtor.com, they said that uh, homeowners with equity may not be compelled to sell in this slower market with higher financing costs. Right. Because people aren't fighting over and making bidding wars, driving up the price. <laughs> right. And actually, the uh, prices have been coming down even too. But the problem is, if you look at what you know the the rates were uh, back when they're average, like around two point seven seven percent. You'd have a an interest rate or a monthly mortgage payment of twelve hundred and seventy seven dollars and a three hundred ninety thousand dollar home mm-hmm. if you put twenty percent down. That same home at four point nine nine percent is almost four hundred dollars more a month. Oof. Wow. And that's just interest. Yes, that is just the interest. Over thirty years too. Yeah. So let's see, four hundred times thirty. That's hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yes, that is. Just shy, but yeah. Oh, forgive my mental math rounding it up. It's pretty close. That's pretty good. I was actually impressed. <laughs> okay, well, I'm drinking. You wouldn't you wouldn't have gotten a point on DQ, yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, the the article is trying to come out and spin it as like this is a positive uh indicator that counterbalances some of the talks of the looming recession, but uh, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, we've seen some other numbers that that uh, I think we talked about earlier in the week that make it look like maybe uh, this is more of a unique situation, but mm-hmm. now it's starting to look like maybe all these publications are trying to to paint a rosier picture than actually exists. Yeah, to keep the panic from setting in. Right. Uh, like, like I talked about in last week's episode, uh, I really think that they're just going to delay announcing that we're in a recession until things are improving. <laughs> or or we're actually in a depression. Right. <laughs> a new president <laughs> takes over. A new when we get a regime change, then they'll everyone will be blaming the other group. Right. Hey, <laughs> uh you know, I didn't pull up one of the articles, but uh gas prices are going down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who's getting credit for that? I'm just saying if <laughs> you give blame when they go up, do you give credit when they go down? He's been he's uh, Biden's been tweeting that about the six straight week prices have dropped, but uh, I mean, it went from what four eighty to four thirty four, I think. Here, it's down from five to three and a half here in Tucson. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, in fact, I was kicking myself because I gassed up last week when it was four and a half. <laughs> I saw the prices today and went, "Damn it! I still have half a tank, you bastards!" I was kicking myself for not filling up my tank earlier when I was in Wisconsin when it was three eighty instead of four thirty four here. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, prices have come down, but I mean they're still uh quite elevated from where they were when he took over. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's all about yeah, right, but you know, the abusive I... boyfriend is hitting less now than he was hitting before. Does he doesn't he get credit for that? <laughs> Yeah, he does. I guess only, only I one black eye instead of a two black eyes and a busted nose. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Are we getting in trouble yet? <laughs> Have we been shut right, well, down? <laughs> not quite yet. They're they're, they're they're knocking though. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, Kyle, this has been fun. Yes, but uh, I think we got to close up shop. Yeah, we got to get ready to to do this again tomorrow, huh? That's right. We coming at you tomorrow with a full length episode. Gonna find out how those bet picks did. 
<laughs> Flarry's been tracking those with great gusto. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Flarry. <laughs> All right. But uh, thanks for sticking around, folks. We appreciate it. We'll be back at you soon. But we got to close up shop. Uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, happy trades. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.